Welcome to Colonial Church's Deep Dive series. These sessions are meant to act as a companion to our messages, where we speak to our pastors about what went into the creation of the messages, flesh out some of the larger points, and get insight into what they hope some of the takeaways are, while also getting a preview of what's to come. If you haven't already listened to the companion message, we highly recommend doing so beforehand. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy these and grow in them. Well, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Deep Dive. Chris here, and today I'm very excited. We have some special guests with us. First of all, we've got Tommy in the house again today. So hey, hey. Tommy. <laughs> Always here. <laughs> there's, there's the hey, hey. And today we also have a special guest, Adam Robertson. Can you say hello, Adam? How's it going, guys? And then all the way from Mumbai, India, Pastor Biju Thampi. Say hello, Pastor Biju. Namaste. Hello. Great to be here with you today. Amazing. Awesome. Amazing. <laughs> so excited. Pastor Biju was actually here as a guest at um, Colonial Church today, and he gave an amazing message on proximity, actually finishing up our proximity series, mm-hmm. or possibly finishing up. I'm not sure if Pastor... Uh, yeah, I think this is the last one. Yeah. Okay. Pastor Matt, let him close it up. Brought in the pinch hitter. Close it up. <laughs> <laughs> close it up. And... Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. He, um, Pastor Biju is actually part of a really amazing ministry in India called Vision Rescue that we here at Colonial Church are actually partnered with, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, but right now, we just want to focus in on the proximity message that you gave today. Um, first of all, I think it'd be really awesome to talk about the fact that you came in to someone else's series and mm-hmm. gave a message I've actually never experienced that before. Is that something you mm-hmm. do often, yeah, or cool. is this like a unique thing for it's you? It's a unique thing. I don't think I have done this before. Yeah. But uh, when I heard that Pastor Matt was doing this message on proximity, and Adam sent me a message asking, hey, can you finish that up, you know, yeah. do on the same same topic? And I went and he sent me a few links mm-hmm. yeah. of the messages. Mm-hmm. And I went and listened to the messages, and it's just... This is something very close to my heart, and uh, I felt like, yeah, I mean, I really felt part of the whole message, part of the journey. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Yeah. It's so yeah. cool for us because this has been, and since you've listened to the message, you've heard us talk about this, but this has been an amazing start to our year. Proximity has been like mm-hmm. our word for the year, Pastor mm-hmm. Matt. Just mm-hmm, it was spoken mm-hmm. to him, and then he spoke it to us, and it really has, I think, like sunk in already how kind mm-hmm. of powerful this idea of proximity is. So to have you come in and kind of close it out was really awesome, and we're really like I'm very appreciative. Of yeah, it, you know, yeah, I think everyone was. Um, so from where I was sitting, you just the word that you brought today was very simple and very straightforward, but no less like astoundingly powerful. Like there was this idea of like. God created you for proximity. Like mm-hmm. you started out there. So maybe yeah. you can kind of dive into that. What, what, where did that come from for you? So if you look at the Bible, the whole Bible picture, um, we need to really go back to Genesis 1 and 2 to mm-hmm. understand the Bible. Mm-hmm. Without that, we don't have perspective. Mm-hmm. We need to really go and understand why God created us, how God created us, uh, what was the mission, mandate, God gave us. So Psalm mm. 115, verse 16, the Bible says, the highest heavens belongs to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. Mm. So you you connect that with Genesis 1 and 2. God is the creator of the universe. When it talks about the highest heavens, it's 
everything else. Mm-hmm. He included the earth, everything belongs to him. Uh, the Bible again says the earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness of it. So yeah. the earth actually belongs to the Lord, but earth God gave to mankind. So when God created Adam and Eve, he created hmm. them in the image of God, like him, mm-hmm. in a, in a, with the capacity and ability to relate with him, yeah. with an absolute sense of equality, you mm-hmm. know, feeling no less than God himself. Yeah. Know, because God created them in the image of God. Even though God is God, for Adam and Eve, God was their dad, their father. Mm-hmm. They relate, they ran to him, they communicated with him. And he kept them here in this planet and gave them this planet. He made them the rulers of this planet. And God created man in such a way so that he could relate with him. He, re- he could relate with mankind in a way that no other creature can relate with God. Because we are created in the image of God. And God intent, God's intent was to make this planet earth like heaven. If Adam and Eve had walked in obedience to God, did whatever God wanted, this earth would have been like heaven. But through disobedience, because they disobeyed God and at the same time they obeyed the devil, Hmm. they handed over the God-given mandate over to the devil. Yeah. That is why the Bible refers to the devil as the ruler of this world. Mm-hmm. God never made the devil the ruler of this world. God made Adam and Eve yeah. the rulers of this world. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve gave it over to, to the devil. And as a result... <laughs> so good. Yeah. I mean, not good, but like that point <laughs> <Yeah>. is good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not very good. It's the truth. <laughs> and what happened? The devil made this earth like hell. Yeah. You look at what's happening. There are more than 40 million people in slavery right now. You know, this is not heaven. Mm-hmm. I work with people. We work with people all the time. You know, people who are being treated worse than worse than cockroaches. Mm-hmm. Human beings cre- created in the image of God. They are locked up in dungeons. You know, mm-hmm. children at the age of six or seven exposed to everything that a child should never be exposed to. Mm-hmm. Being sold into prostitution, sold into child labor, into generational labor. Slavery going on in brick kilns, and this is this is not heaven. This is mm-hmm. a result of Adam and Eve handing over this to the devil, and the devil has made this earth like hell. Mm-hmm. Now, why did Jesus come? If you look at the big picture, the whole message of Jesus, the majority, the main part of his message was kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. He said, "The kingdom of God is here," mm-hmm. and even when he taught the disciples on how to pray, he told them the the core of that prayer, the Lord's prayer was, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as yeah. it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Then you can actually connect all this back to Genesis 1 and 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God's plan is to restore this earth back to a place where mm-hmm. this earth can be like heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that happen? Jesus came, he being the last Adam, he died and he rose again. And he took back from the devil. Yeah. What the devil took from the first Adam, the last Adam, Adam took it back, and now he has given it to the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so only a church that is walking in intimacy with God can can fulfill the mission for which God created mankind. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So that's kind of the crux of. Yeah, yeah, I loved it when you spoke about <clears throat> the idea that in the garden, God came to Adam and Eve like on a daily basis and they communed in such a way yeah. that 
we could not even imagine. And I think for me, what was powerful about that is the only time I've talked about or thought about kind of pre-Jesus having a conversation with God has been exactly what you talked about, whether it was priest or prophets from the Old Testament mm-hmm. and how there was the holiest of holies and it was a very ritualistic, like you couldn't go back there, you'll die, that type of thing. Yep. It was a very secluded and unique thing. I never have thought about, for for whatever reason, the idea that God was with Adam and Eve in the garden constantly before the fall. And so that, that idea to me, for some reason, was very powerful in the sense of like, Oh, that is proximity. Like that's what he created us for. Yeah. Okay. And then we sinned, like you said. Yeah. We gave the world over to the devil. Mm-hmm. So then there was a period of kind of farness from God mm-hmm. through, you know, that we still were able to talk to him through priest and prophet again. And then you have, as you refer to him, the last Adam, mm-hmm. Jesus come. Mm-hmm. And that isn't even the fulfillment. The fulfillment is the Holy Spirit. Like it's like those the two parts, you know. Yeah. So to me. That was just really profound. Again, very simple, very straightforward. It's all there in the scripture laid out. But now looking at it in that way, I'm like, okay, I'm, I can't look at this the same now thinking about that. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. Um, do you maybe want to talk about that idea of like Jesus being the fulfillment of the proximity that God so like saw? And then after that, the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit allows for us? Yep, absolutely. So <clears throat> Jesus came to this world and his name, he was called Emmanuel, mm-hmm. which means God with us. So that was completely a foreign concept hmm. for people, like God with us, God close to us, God in proximity with mankind. And uh, so so when he came, he, he exemplified the relationship that God created man for with the way he connected with the father. Yeah. You know, he always called mm-hmm. God the father. The only time he called God God was when he was on the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where where he where the father turned his face away from him. You know, he, you know, Psalm 22 is a prophetic psalm mm-hmm. talking about that as well. So up, otherwise he always called him my father, my father, my father. And mm-hmm. he got into trouble with the Jewish people for that. Yeah, you know, how can yeah. you call God your father? You know, yeah, like yeah. you're blaspheming. And and he he had that intimacy with the father, mm-hmm. and he was actually by living in that intimacy, he was demonstrating to his disciples and people around him, this is this is the whole deal. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why we are created for. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how we can live in this live in this world. And John chapter fourteen, a powerful passage when he's saying all the works that I've been doing, it's not me, it's the Father. Mm. You know, so that means he lived a life of total yielding, yielded life Mm -hmm. to the Father. And as a result of which he lived a powerful, dynamic life. Wherever he went, there were solutions to problems. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody was dead, they they came back to life. Yeah. Somebody was (laughs) sick. You know, they were healed. If there was lack of food, you know, there was abundance of food. Mm-hmm. You know, they ran out of wine. He turned water into wine. So he, you know, there was they were in a storm. He exercised authority over the nature, over matter, over over sickness, over death, over poverty. And, and so what was he doing? He was bringing the kingdom of God. He was showing them this is what the kingdom of God is. 
in the kingdom of god there is no sickness in the kingdom of god there is no death yeah. in the kingdom of god mm-hmm. in heaven so he actually brought a climate of heaven in the kingdom of god there is no poverty or lack it was abundance you know <laughs> yeah he he was showing wherever he went he was giving them a sneak peek of what heaven is like right. and how yeah. we can bring heaven on earth if if we live in proximity mm-hmm. to god mm-hmm. if we live in intimacy with god we can hear his voice and then he towards the end of his life he is transitioning on to the disciples and saying you can live like this the holy spirit is coming mm-hmm. if you and, and he will be in you forever yeah you know and if you believe in me you will do the works that i do even greater things mm-hmm. because i go to the father because only mm-hmm. if you go to the father the holy spirit will come yeah you know so jesus was god with us and he he led us to a place where god will live inside of us wow. yeah you know and we could carry the presence of god so we are the presence of god we are the hands and feet of god yeah in this world and we can actually bring the kingdom of god wherever we are yeah. and that is why we are here so we dispel the powers of darkness the devil has illegally possessed mm-hmm. the devil had possessed jesus paid the price since jesus paid the price died on the cross and, and 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 paid the price for all humanity to be saved and restored back into relationship with god from that time the devil is an illegal possessor <laughs> <laughs> legally he doesn't have any claims like what is he is a tenant illegal tenant yeah <laughs> so he has given us the authority yeah to go and dispel get him out yeah and dispossess him and possess the land take back from the devil so that is we do it by setting the captive free that is why jesus at the beginning of his ministry he said the spirit of the lord is upon me upon mm-hmm. me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor to open blind eyes to set the captives free to mm-hmm. proclaim the year of the favor of the lord yeah so basically he is saying devil your time is over <laughs> my time has begun yeah this is the kingdom time and uh, that is the exciting part of the church being alive in this world mm-hmm. because you know church is not supposed to be here like a spiritual club yeah you yeah. know meeting in a hall uh, once in a sunday one, once in a week and having a nice time that is this is that sunday service is a recharging time mm-hmm. yeah for us to get out to the world mm-hmm. and be the presence of jesus yeah and for that the most important thing is our intimacy with god yeah mm-hmm. so good yeah yeah um that just made me think and i can't remember if you even said this in your message around this time or something like that but something that just like hit me in like the best type of way you said stop being a consumer and start being a shareholder uh-huh. it was just it was just one of those lines that you know you're just right. going to see like it's just like this phenomenal quote and it's just so beautiful um Can we talk a little about that? Like what were you what were you kind of like referencing at that point? Was it yeah. this was it this material with this type of stuff? Yeah, no, I was talking to that about that because a lot of people just come to church thinking what can I get? Mm-hmm. What can I get? Mm-hmm. It's okay to begin like that. Mm-hmm. But that at some point we need to transition. Yeah. You know, we come in as sheep, but we need to become a horse. Mhm. At some point. Not sure. We come in as a mission field. Yeah. 
but some point we need to become a missions force yeah and that wow. transition happens when one makes a choice to get involved mhm you know you sign up to serve you yeah. might not be able to preach or sing in worship team or play in instruments but there is something that you can do yeah absolutely in the, in the new testament the bible is very clear about priesthood of all believers mm-hmm. so every believer every child of god uh they have a part to play in bringing god's kingdom yeah so and and church is a great platform to start yeah you know and there's ample opportunities for people to so when people sign up and become uh become a shareholder mm-hmm. move from being a consumer to a shareholder that's when their life begin to change yeah mm-hmm. they believe that they can begin to contribute mm-hmm. you know i've got people in vision rescue yeah they come they 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 people rescued from the streets mm-hmm. you know i'll tell you the story of this one guy i got a lot of stories again okay this guy came in as a drug addict and he was a drug dealer he was a criminal his name is anish and uh, in and out of jails mm-hmm. you know all the time he was a terror in his local area he came in for rehabilitation you know he was got he had an encounter with jesus things were changing but one day i really felt like we need to put him to do something mm-hmm. put him in the kitchen mm-hmm. ask him if he want to come and serve in the you know mm-hmm. chop vegetables help in preparing the food help serving the food so he had until that time he had come to a certain level of transformation mm-hmm. but the moment he became a contributor his life turned around mm-hmm. yeah you know he just went leaps and bounds he took ownership his confidence level had increased he was like you know adam knows any issue you know yeah. he's now he's he's an integral part of vision rescue right now <laughs> mm-hmm. so that shift i believe can happen for every single person yeah in church that's when they they become a partner mm-hmm. in the vision of the local church that is when their life changes and also the church also flourishes yeah, yeah. I wonder Adam do you see that happening a lot I know you're involved with Vision Rescue here in the United States do you see that same kind of concept happening when people here in the states get attached to the idea of Vision Rescue they become like the shareholder rather than a consumer of the gospel in that sense Yeah I I think so I mean and it's certainly interesting just for I mean I feel like for uh, for a lot of our our journeys with the Lord there's a there's a moment where i feel like missions can play a really big role mm-hmm. in that journey and that could be local missions um it could be global missions but yeah. i think there's just something about india that just sort of strikes you in the face because the culture is so radically different from our culture here in so many mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. yeah and the poverty is so much starker and um the the colors the smells i mean it's just it's just a a very vibrant culture in the best of ways mm-hmm. and, and maybe in the worst of ways yeah. it just it grabs your attention and so that's really for for us here in the US one of our goals as we share the story is exactly what Bijou's talking about we're wanting to shift people's perspective from you know just being having one little toe dipped in the things of god to man i've got a big part to play mm-hmm. i can i can really make a difference i can make it i can make a difference from my little town here in the US in the lives of yeah kids on the other side of the mm-hmm. world and it it doesn't really take that much. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Man. Yeah. 
I definitely want to come back a little bit later and talk more about Vision Rescue, but there's a few more points from the message that I'd love to pick your brain about, Pastor Biju. One that stood out to me was you talked about an old covenant covenant mentality, like this idea that you're living in the new covenant, but you're unfortunately you have an old covenant mentality. Could you maybe explain what you meant by that? So, for exa- example, the children of Israel, they were slaves in Egypt. Mm-hmm. They left Egypt. They were actually out of Egypt, but Egypt never left them. Hmm. They still had a slave mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they. So that can happen to everybody. You know, you are saved, but your mind is an unrenewed mind. Mm-hmm. You're living with an. Un, your spirit is saved. Your inner man is saved. Receive salvation. You have a revelation of God's grace, but you're still living in that same mindset. Hmm with which you lived so far. Mm-hmm. And that is why Romans chapter 12, the Bible talks about renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. Be transformed mm-hmm. by the renewal of your mind. Your transformation happens as you your mind is renewed. Mm-hmm. Your mind is renewed in alignment with the word of God. Do mm-hmm. not be conformed to the patterns of this world, mm-hmm. but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Mm-hmm. That is when we are being transformed to... So we, we are saved by grace. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we continue in our faith by grace. But as human beings, we we have very, you know, we 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 like to be in control. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, we like to believe that we have a part part to play. Mm-hmm. We have something to. If we come to a place where we think that, hey, I've got actually I've got nothing to do hmm. for to earn the favor of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got a lot to do but I've got nothing to do to earn the favor of God. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, it's an uncomfortable place. It scares us. It scares <laughs> us. Like, like I've got, like, how do I, how do I make sure, like, if I, like, like, the work of Jesus on the cross plus my 10 candles. Yeah. That I light, <laughs> you know, the work of Jesus on the cross plus my 20 chapters of Bible that I read every day. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The work of Jesus on the cross plus, you know, my good behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, and that part we keep failing. Yeah. The work of Jesus on the cross is done. But when it comes to our part, we human beings, we keep failing. And the more we fail, every time we fail, we lose our confidence. You know, mm-hmm. to be in that place of intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very important for us as a new covenant Christian to have a new covenant mentality. Mm-hmm. Our mind needs to be renewed mm-hmm. to think and understand and know that, you know, God's love for me is not based on my love for Him. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. If it was that, it will be going up and down every day. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be really bad. <laughs> Paul is saying nothing can separate me from the love of Christ, not my love for Christ, His love for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, neither death nor life. Angels, nor demons, present, nor the future. High, you know, no power in all the world. Okay, so nothing can disprove God's love for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he says mm-hmm. persecution. All those things. So no bad thing that happens to me mm-hmm. can disprove the fact that God loves me. Mm-hmm. You know, he has already proven it on the cross that he loves me. He has, the Bible says, I have loved you with an everlasting life. Past tense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have loved you. 
you know jeremiah chapter 31 i believe or 33 one of those so we need to really renew our mind mm-hmm. to this reality and live in this awareness mm-hmm. when you wake up every day we need to tell ourselves god loves me mm-hmm. you know it's not based on my performance so that brings us to a place of confidence and intimacy with him mm-hmm. you know that brings us to and it's that it's when we are in that place of intimacy that we we hear his voice we know his thoughts we know his plans the bible actually makes sense to us we get a completely different perspective mm-hmm. so um that is why it's very very important that we renew our mind mm-hmm. and live in a new covenant mentality yeah because the old covenant mentality says that you need to work your way you need to perform to be loved by god you need to be, you need to perform to be having a confident relationship with god it's mm-hmm. based on your work as well it's got nothing to do with my work mm-hmm. you know i go to him with boldness and confidence purely based on what christ has done for me mm-hmm. yeah you know we who have been far away have been brought near through the blood of christ you know that's the bottom line mm-hmm. yeah so good i was just thinking how isaiah talks about how our works are like filthy rags because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i think there's hmm. just so much correct of when we're trying to earn our way it's it's not about the act of what we're doing for god it's about us and it's about yeah. our pride and that that we can we i mean it's that whole lot that old lie about the we for somehow or another trying to elevate ourselves to god's status yeah and so i just yeah i just love i just love that because when we get to a place where we realize we can do nothing then it's mm-hmm. total surrender yeah total surrender yeah, yeah. that's awesome the parable yeah. of the 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 priest that's in the in the in the synagogue praying you know make me not like this this yeah yeah, yeah this yeah. guy back here yeah, he's yeah. the yeah. guy that's beating his chest saying lord forgive me i'm a sinner mm-hmm. yeah. that's who we, we want to be yeah. yeah but so many yeah. our churches look like the other guy yeah saying yeah. man look at me look what god aren't you glad to have me on your team yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i'm the mvp right yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly like, what a favor i have done for you yeah, yeah. you know but i've got <laughs> this was all me right god mm-hmm. yeah. mvp most valuable pastor right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Beju. Uh, so not directed at you. So, yeah. well. These are why I love these things because we do this all the time. Yeah. So, man, well, that's awesome. Well, like we said earlier, it was just a really great message, and it was a, it was impressive for us to have you come in and just tie in so seamlessly to what we've been talking about this mm-hmm. year. And mm-hmm. uh, I know that our family here is going to just grow in it and come back to it over and over again. But I think we should take some time to talk about Vision Rescue because I cannot hear enough about this thing. It's so amazing. So maybe tell us and tell those who possibly haven't heard of Vision Rescue, what is Vision Rescue? So Vision Rescue exists to free children from exploitation. Mm-hmm. And we do that by engaging and sustaining them in education. Mm-hmm. So when they are being educated, it helps them to transform ship their mindset transform a mindset um and also it helps them to make wise life choices mm-hmm. and uh, which leads to intergenerational transformation mm-hmm. so to simplify that the whole thing is that these children are being exploited uh, they are where they are they are ended up on the streets because of a bad life choice that mm-hmm. one of their forefathers had made Uh, or somebody had mm-hmm. made a poor choice 
why would somebody make a poor choice? Because for you to be able to make a choice, you need to be aware of options. Mm. They were not aware of options. Yeah. Why were they not aware of options? They did not have access to information. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Why did they not have access to information? Because they were not educated. Yeah. So how do we reverse the whole thing? You bring education to a child. Mm-hmm. Then you give them access to information. When they have access to information, they become aware mm-hmm. of options in front of them, mm-hmm. out of which they will they could make a li- good life choice, mm-hmm. and their children will not be on the streets. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, Vision Rescue is the whole purpose is taking these children on this journey yeah. of awesome. intergenerational transformation. So, and and so if so, if a child is not in school, they are on the street. Mm-hmm. If they are on the streets. They are exposed to everything that a child should never be exposed to. They are being exploited. They are vulnerable. They are being abused. They are being taken. They, they, their life is gone. Mm-hmm. And and again, getting them to school, there's a sense of urgency because until the age of six, a child is learning to read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, in kindergarten, you know, learning alphabets, words, everything. But from the age of six. A child is reading to learn. Yeah. Hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So if a child <laughs> does not learn to read, at least by the age of six or seven, mm-hmm. they can't continue in education because they can't read. Yeah. You know, so if a child, based on their age, if they're seven years old, we put them straight to second grade, they're sitting with other kids who have been going to school from three years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They went to nursery, kindergarten, they've been learning. So... This child is intelligent, but he or she does not have the background, mm-hmm. and they can't cope. They score very poorly. They're made fun of. They're mocked. They drop out. Mm-hmm. So three to six is a very critical age. So all our programs, our primary focus is kids who are between three to six. Hmm. We run our own pre-primary education programs in slum communities where we get these children and engage them in education. And then we put them into government schools and see them move forward. Mm -hmm. But to sustain a child's education, we need to work with the families. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. if there is no proper wealth creation or financial stability in the family, Mm -hmm. if there's domestic violence in the family, if there are major health issue, issues in the family, there's a lot of substance abuse in the family mm-hmm. that, that is going to affect the child's sustaining of the child's education. Mm-hmm. So we have to work with the family and provide certain services. Yeah. But also there are certain services we need to provide for the whole community, mm-hmm. like uh, awareness campaigns, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, hygiene, hmm. uh, information hygiene, help them position them in such a way that they can they can get running water mm-hmm. or toilet facilities, wow, yeah, sanitation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so our focus is the child, but we also have to work with the families and also with the communities. Yeah. And also we when we put them in government schools, the quality of education in government schools is not the best mm-hmm. because it's overloaded with kids. Mm. So they are barely they just teaching, mm-hmm. you know, in the if at all. So we provide a lot of services to mm. the government schools also to sustain the education of the children. So we, what we do is we take, tell the government schools, give us all the irregular children 
and we will put them through our sports program. So it's an incentive. Hmm. So if you want to be part of the sports program in the government school, you need to be a regular in class. Mm-hmm. Huh. If you want to be do martial arts, you know, we build libraries in schools. Hmm. Uh, we do teach, teacher training program in in government schools. Yeah, and uh, we help the government schools run their parent teacher meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're also we come oh, in and cool. we talk to parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. it's a whole lot of services. But if you ask me, what's the focus? It's the focus is the child. Hmm. So that's, awesome. that's in a nutshell what Vision Rescue is doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're talking about um, children in the slums and children in poverty, and I think. I'm never going to assume that anybody outside of St. Augustine listens to this podcast, but here in the United States, it's kind of hard for us to actually kind of grasp what kind of poverty we're talking about. So Adam, I'd love to hear kind of your perspective on it as an American. What does this poverty look like for these kids? Yeah, well, and if you want to, you know, see it, I would, I would even recommend if you haven't seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire, check it out. It's Mm -hmm. that came out a while ago, but I'd say it's a, a pretty accurate depiction of what a lot of the kids go through uh, in these wow, slums. Yeah. And actually, we we work in the slum community where a lot of that movie was filmed. So, oh wow, yeah. So, wow. actually, very accurate from that <laughs> perspective. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's um, you know a lot of the families live in uh, small homes that are made of you know either sheet metal or maybe some uh, some stone. Uh, if it's a more secure community, uh, sometimes just tents, you know, literally mm-hmm. just tarps. Um, you know, sometimes families can have as many as six, seven, eight family members in, in a single room mm-hmm. home. Uh, no running water. Uh, many of them have to wait every day for a water truck to deliver water, which they pay for. Uh, to use the toilet, you're, you're paying money to use a public toilet or just going on the street. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah, I mean, just, you know, we talk about this with, with our kids a lot. It's just you really don't have um, any context for what this level of poverty looks mm-hmm. like because even the poorest in America have conveniences that, you know, they don't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, I, don't, I don't spend a lot of time each day thanking God for the fact that I can walk in my bathroom and turn a faucet handle That's and have happening. water come out that I could literally drink and, and I would be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, or the fact that I can go and use the restroom and flush a toilet or, you know, take a bath or a shower. I mean, yeah. we don't think about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no refrigerators to speak of. I mean, cooking, a lot of cooking happens over an outdoor fire. Um, you know, no washing machine, no dishwasher, yeah. no dryer. I mean, wash by hand, hang up close to dry. Hmm. Um, you know, I'd say Bijou can confirm this, but I mean, a lot of the families are living on as little as maybe, maybe what, $10, $15 a month, something in that ballpark, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe $20 a month, something yeah. in that, in that ballpark. Yeah. $20 to more hundred dollars a month. Wow. Yeah. And we're talking about, in addition to this poverty that is kind of unparalleled here in the United States, we're also talking about population density, like nothing we have here in the United States, correct? Correct. Um, yeah, just ridiculous amounts of people in small areas. I mean, yeah. what is the population of Mumbai, for instance? About twenty-three million. And how big is the city of Mumbai? Uh, it's about forty kilometers long. That's in, including the suburbs and everything. Wow. And uh, 
the width is different in different places yeah. because it's like bombay is a combination of different islands yeah some part is very narrow strip but the widest would be about maybe about 15 to 17 kilometers yeah so like you know. 20 20 miles long by yeah you know maybe 8 miles wide 8 to 10 miles yeah. wide yeah <laughs> so that's 23 million and just for for kind of reference sake right now in 2018 the population of the state of florida was 21 million so that just gives <laughs> oh. us a, gives us a perspective that's that's what we're looking at yeah. mumbai is the most densely populated city in the world we have wow. an average of wow 73000 people if i remember right 73000 people per square kilometer <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. so dense yeah. It makes traffic amazingly interesting. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. In, we complain when we have to drive to Atlanta. <laughs> you yeah. know, like in America, you drive on the right. Mm-hmm. In uh, Britain, they drive on the left. <laughs> in India, we drive on whatever is left. <laughs> uh, you'd have to see it, but you know, a lot of the roads are three or four lanes, but they literally turn into seven to ten lanes, just yeah, you know, because you've got motorcycles going on the shoulder, each shoulder through the middle of traffic. I mean, it's everybody just doing their yeah own thing. It's intense. Wow, that's amazing. So it's yeah. quite a logistical <laughs> challenge for. I mean, these guys do an incredible job whenever a team comes, just. shuttling people around all the different projects yeah, to see I what's would, going yeah. on. I think like that's a, a massive pra- operation. Yeah. Navigating through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, practically how do you get your cuz you guys still operate out of buses and things like that, correct? No, we've downsized on buses. Oh, okay. And uh we've had <laughs> probably easier to navigate. <laughs> <laughs> we only have one bus in Mumbai, one in Calcutta, one in Chennai. Mm-hmm. Um but now we are more community focused. So in the slums, we are renting out rooms. Okay. and we run programs in the slum so we have a permanent presence mm, in the slum okay. community so we wow. have community managers community workers community interns then we have volunteers from each local community slum community we call them community champions mm-hmm. so they give 2 hours a day hmm. wow to to help transform their own communities and we do a range of training program with them That's awesome. And uh, so we have a full-time team of about 140 people. Then we have about 220 plus community champions. Then we have about 32 32 interns, community interns from those local communities. Mm-hmm. And then we have a whole range of volunteers now being mobilized from universities, from corporates who come in and and serve Mm-hmm. in the slum community so this is kind of our team. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So you guys Vision Rescue was started did you say almost 16 years ago I think I heard you yeah. said. Yeah. Um if you you probably have the figures but if not could you give me like just a guess of like how many people you guys have worked with? So in terms of the number of meals that we've served? Yeah, sure. We have served more than 4 million wow. meals. So far, yeah. <laughs> and uh from the beginning from it started with six kids wow 10 kids you know so over the years and the number of children whom we have sent to thousands of children over the years have moved into formal education from no education mm-hmm. to formal education we would have helped over 1000 people uh have life saving surgeries wow in hospital wow 
and uh, so last year the number of sick people that we attended to was we more than 20000 people we gave free medical care oh wow uh, last year itself that's amazing and uh, so it's yeah yes yeah. that's, that's awesome yeah. and adam here in the states what exactly is your role with vision rescue now so i'm the us director okay and i mean primarily what i'm doing is i'm just trying to build up a, a team here that can take the mission of vision rescue forward um on the other side of the on the other side of the globe so um you know we do everything here from fundraising to speaking engagements to uh we actually have built a slum home replica oh wow so we have a, a replica of what a what a slum home would look like in a community and we take that to uh mm-hmm. you know church church groups or youth groups or wow. Um, just to try to give an idea. Yeah, just we set up this slum home and 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 we give tours through it uh, mm-hmm. just to show people like hey, this is what an average home looks like and oh, wow. we've got a water a water can just to show people hey, if, you know, if the family has to go to a well to get water, it's on average this far away and this is what it feels like when it's full and they have mm-hmm. to, you know, a lot of times a, a child is carrying this, you know, whatever a mile each, you know, each way yeah. and just, you know, trying to give them again just yeah. a perspective of what mm-hmm. life looks like. In the hopes that you're, you know, just shifting them a little yeah, bit on their yeah, journey, their awareness. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, so all those things, and then of course there's a bunch of administrative duties yeah, as yeah. well yeah. <laughs> that come with the boilerplate stuff. Yeah, running yeah. a nonprofit, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's been quite a journey. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. We started here in the U.S. in uh, 2017, so still fairly new here. How's the uh, reception been? Do you think it's really good? I mean, I, I would say. You know, an interesting challenge that we face is um, just with telling the story. It's a, being that it's a secular program, um, it's really easy to go in and tell the story to a company, to a foundation. Um, no problem. They they get it. They latch on mm-hmm. uh, really easily. So many corporations, so many foundations have very specific education focuses, so they love it. Yeah. Telling the story to a church can be a little more challenging. Interesting. Um, wow. I wouldn't have thought that. It, yeah. You know, it's interesting. So, and sometimes not. Sometimes yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing. But sometimes, you know, they look at it and say, oh, I'm trying to see the connection here. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's a great, great program. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to see how you're really making a spiritual spiritual impact. Gotcha. Um, hmm. And, I, you know, often I'll remind people that, you know, what is the Bible calls to do right yeah yeah you know, i mean james one is a, a verse that i love james one i think it's 27 that talks about religion that our father sees as pure and faultless as this mm-hmm. yeah love and care for widows and orphans yeah yeah i mean it's we, we we've got a pretty pretty simple charge <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty cut and dry yeah, yeah. And love just, other people <laughs> yeah and i love i love that 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 the organization is just they're unconditionally loving people yeah. expecting absolutely nothing in return, absolutely nothing in return. They're just going out and helping meet mm-hmm. key foundational needs that, again, many of us here in the U.S. just take for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, don't, we don't think about, I mean, we think about education, but we think about it more from a position of we, got all these, we, all, we have all these options. Yeah, Are we yeah. going to homeschool or private school or public school? And we've got all these options. Which they don't have. It's more: Are they going? Can can I afford to send them to school? Because mm-hmm. actually, I might need them to beg on the street if my family's going to survive. Yeah. 
So again, it's just a completely different, mm-hmm. completely different position for yeah. a family to be in. Yeah. And so I love that we, as a team, go in and just love, 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 and mm-hmm. provide practical answers to hurting people. Yeah. And and it and it speaks very loudly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adam, you got a powerful story of how you made the transition. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think maybe you should share, share your story. <laughs> if, you there's, yeah. if there's time. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Story. If yeah, there's time. But yeah. I, think, I think we should hear it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was uh, I was in the corporate world for a lot of years. I worked for a, a large oil and gas company in, in Houston, Texas. There's a few oil and gas companies in Houston. Just a couple. <laughs> not sure if y'all aware of that or not. I think some presidents were involved in a few of them. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I really loved my my job, loved my career, probably a little too much. Um, work became uh, really an idol for me, hmm. and um, the job I was doing um, was working in in mergers and acquisitions okay. um, for upstream acquisitions. So. Um, we did several large domestic transactions earlier um, this decade. If you consider it's 2020, we're still in this decade. It's yeah, 2021. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this debate about when does Somewhere. the decade actually change over? I think we're still in the yeah, previous, yeah. right? So anyway. Some years uh, ago. Yeah, exactly. About <laughs> 10 years ago. And uh, really just took over my life for about five years. Wow. Three or four transactions. Um, and I was working uh, about 100 hours a week on average over a period of yeah four or five years and um, just really um, didn't intentionally walk away from my faith. I think so often we don't mm-hmm. say, wake up one day and say, I'm going to walk away from God today. <laughs> yeah. This sounds like a great idea. This yeah. is a yeah. great idea. Um, it's just something that happens slowly mm-hmm. over time. You know, we, we just like following the Lord and spiritual disciplines about waking up every day and getting on our knees and just asking God to, to come into our day and, and be present with us and walk alongside of us. The opposite is true, too. It's little decisions we make every day to put other mm-hmm. things in a place of priority over God. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did over a period of years to the point where a few years ago, I was just in a place where I couldn't remember why I went to church anymore, except that my family expected it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, But God was working on me, and I just I, I sort of felt like He was sort of putting before me a, like a fork in the road, like, hey, here's an option. Mm-hmm. You can go left. It won't go well. <laughs> or you can go right. And mm-hmm. for me, I was trying to remember, I made this decision as a kid, but why did I ever choose yeah. the Lord? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? It was because of my parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so over the course of uh, the year was 2014, I just felt like God was just asking me this question, like, why? And I just started just sort of reading and trying to rediscover why did I ever believe to begin with. And mm-hmm. the sweet thing about it was, is there was a number of things that happened the fall of that year where God really confirmed, like... First of all, you your faith was based on your parents' faith, and mm-hmm. you can't ride on anyone's shoulders into heaven. And it's, it's just you and Jesus. So, yeah, <laughs> um, I felt like I got to a place in the fall where I was, con- you know, just just sort of at a place where I was ready to recommit. Mm-hmm. And right at that moment is when I found out I had a, a large brain tumor. Okay. Yeah. Um, something. That, there's a long story there, but um, was diagnosed in December 2014 with a large tumor that was keeping fluid from leaving my brain. Um, and they, so they had to go into surgery right away to remove pressure, wow. right an aneurysm. And the problem was, is the tumor was located um, in a place where all your, mem- all your memory is stored. So the tumor was wrapped around this muscle. So they had to go in and cut the tumor out. But when they cut the tumor out, 
um, the likelihood is that you'll lose all of your memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had about two weeks to prepare for the surgery and teach my wife how to do all the finances and take care yeah. of the family in case I woke up and didn't remember anything. Yeah. Which was, oh, wow. uh, my surgeon, I was like, yeah, are you, what's the, what's the probability here? And he's <laughs> yeah. like, you need to prepare for like a major life event. Like you probably won't be able to go back to your job. Yeah. Wow. So, um, went in on December 22nd, 2014 for an all day surgery. And, um, the surgeon said when he went in, he, you know, they'd cut in, they'd removed skull, had gone into my brain, and they were about to start cutting on the tumor. And he said that the tumor just started to unravel and just released unexplainedly. <laughs> <laughs> they just took, took it apart and took it out and sewed me back up. And they had prepared me, we had prepared me to be in ICU until mid January for mm-hmm. about two or three weeks. And we'd send our daughters to go stay with family. And yeah. they sent me home on Christmas Eve. So two days later. How long did oh the surgery take? Uh, about eight hours. And it was supposed to be like an all-day thing, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, just after that, just knew. And there was another situation that happened about four months later where we almost lost my youngest daughter in a drowning accident. Mm. Um, and she should not be here. She's a miracle. So oh in that gosh. short time period, God did sort of two major he miracles yeah. and I was just like okay what do you want <laughs> you had gotten my attention a couple months before but I'm ready I mean what do you want and yeah. you know just started praying and asking I really felt like he was asking me to put my career on the altar hmm. and so just what does that look like and yeah. I got introduced to Bijou in December of 2015 and that's so like what started the journey Wow. yeah so about a year later and then and uh, I went and visited India for the first time in April of 2016 and turned in my notice at my company right after that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> was it, so your journey to India, was that like, was on the plane ride back where you're like, this is it? Yeah. Like, this is where I'm at? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love hearing stories like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I went yeah. by myself too. That was the other thing is I didn't want to go oh. with any outside influences. My, my wife really wanted to go. I had friends, a few close friends in my small group that knew I was doing this. They wanted yeah. to go and I yeah. said, no. I just want to go alone. Mm-hmm. Um, just I want to see the ministry, not have any voices in my ear except God's voice. Yeah, and um, and Bijou whispering in your ear, <laughs> and, and 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 Bijou, yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. God and Bijou, <laughs> God and <laughs> Bijou. <laughs> I think that, there's a T-shirt in that. <laughs> to market that. Uh, you know, one of the best things I love about Adam being in Vision Rescue is his own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of the why he's here. Mm-hmm. It's not anything else. God has been taking him on a journey and preparing him for this. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's the events that led to that decision. You can just see the hand of God on his life, on his family. And that really explains the conviction with which they all work. They serve mm-hmm. the whole family. They're like sold out. Mm-hmm. You know, I've stayed with them several times. They're sold out. They put their life on the line. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. not their job, it's their life. His wife, Carissa, she is like full on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she's full on. She's Did, That didn't take any convincing at all no. when you came back? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll be honest. Carissa would move to India in a heartbeat. Wow. She she wants to go. Oh, that's wow. amazing. She would love to go. And I keep telling her, I think our job is here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's not a cop out. Yeah, I think yeah. these you might agree, you know your job's here. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of work. Yeah. We need you here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. I'll yeah. tell I'll tell her you said she's not invited. <laughs> oh, 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 oh no, uh, uh, we'll stay out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is awesome. This has been really really cool. Um, just hearing your guys' story and your heart is amazing. Um, maybe if people wanted to find out some more information, is there like a website they can go to? What would yeah. be the best place for them? Yeah. So it's uh, the website is visionrescue.us. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so. Ways to get plugged in and everything. Yeah, definitely go check it out, and and Mm -hmm. um, and my information's on there as well. So anybody that wants to get plugged in, reach out. I think I think at some point we need to bring the uh, slum home to Colonial. Please, yeah, yeah, that'd be incredible. That would be amazing. It really is cool. Yeah, Carissa even just to round out the experience, she actually cooks Indian food, and we serve chai tea. Dude, if I we wanted to touch all the senses, not just the sight, but the (laughs) smells and the taste, and it sounds like a pretty phenomenal well you just have to bring it now yeah yeah, yeah there's no yeah this is gonna happen yeah <laughs> pastor maddie do you hear that yeah, yeah. <laughs> to Colonial. i'm all about it uh, that's amazing uh, so all right well adam thank you so much for being here today we really yeah, appreciate thank it you guys. thank yeah, you thank for you. sharing your story Absolutely. and pastor bijou thank you for bringing your word today it was awesome Absolutely. and yeah. uh we hope to have you back soon thank you for having me here i love being here and uh, that uh, I, I I love church. Mm-hmm. I love what God is doing here. Mm-hmm. Ma- love Matt and Jill and their vision, their passion, yep. yeah. and the team, the oneness with which you work. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I believe there's nothing impossible. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that uh, apple French toast, whoever made that <laughs> for lunch, I don't know. that oh, was from heaven. Room. I met the dear. I met the, if you're listening to me, that your kitchen is straight from heaven. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure we pass that along. Uh, oh, man. It lives on. We hope that you got something from that and it challenges you to grow. Please share it with someone who needs to hear it and reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on the message and this session. Until next time, God bless. I hope you enjoyed that deep dive. Just also wanted to invite you to subscribe to my brand new leadership podcast called Leadership with Matt McClory. Super excited for you to subscribe to that and listen in as we always look for practical opportunities and instruction from God's word to grow our leadership in life. So every different area, there's always opportunities and ways to grow. So subscribe to that. Check it out. Matt McClory Leadership. Leadership.